everybody. I'm back with uh, the personal jiu-jitsu podcast. This is a part two of this way training for Brazilian jiu-jitsu series. If you haven't checked out part one yet, please subscribe to personal jiu-jitsu on iTunes. I also have a Facebook and an Instagram uh, page uh, at personal BJJ on Facebook at personal underscore BJJ on Instagram. And I'm going to be using those to uh, be posting some video of exercising some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu drills and some interesting things like that. If you have not listened to part one of this uh, weight training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu series, please uh, check it out. It's important that uh, uh, you listen to the first one before you go further to the second one. I have no uh, really big ambitions with this podcast, to be honest. Uh, it will take a lot of work and probably hundreds of thousands of people listening to this to be able to, uh, for example, monetize it uh, or make it into something that, yeah, will make me a little bit of money. But to be honest, I'm, I'm really enjoying making these. It keeps me interested and keeps me sharp. I have to be doing research on the subjects I talk about. I have to be grouping my thoughts um, regarding things that perhaps I haven't think, thought about for uh, a little while. So I do get a lot out of them just from making these. Uh, I do a lot of writing before and a lot of research before I um, actually record the podcast. So uh, research and reading uh, and writing are, are a big part of this as well. Just uh, formulating my thoughts and putting the words together uh, give me something, you know, I, uh, I have to concentrate and bring up information sometimes that I haven't thought about for a while. So, but, uh, I've been getting some really good response on these and thank you very much that everybody that's been listening to this. My goal is to, uh, keep going forward, keep making, um, more content and hopefully people, uh, will get a lot out of making these. Um, so please share with people that would be interested in what I have to say here. Uh, leave some comments if you have questions, get in contact. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to make these. So hopefully people will take advantage of it and uh, use it to um, use it well and put it into practice. Uh, it's a good idea to listen to these maybe two or three times each. They're, they're very information dense and um, just listening them for um, entertainment sake, probably not not the best idea. It's a good idea to listen to them a couple of times, take notes, uh, so you can make the most out of them. I want to start by uh, giving credit to a few people that um, I think deserve credit. So the first one is uh, my longtime friend, coach, uh, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu master, Eduardo Rios, call him Teta. He is, um, I've known this guy for such a long time, you know, I learned so much from him. He is one of uh, the big responsibles of, uh, for the growth of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in, uh, in Europe, really, you know, and uh, in uh, Scandinavia and, and Norway. So, Teta, if you're listening to this, thank you very much for everything you've done, uh, you've done for me. Uh, I've been a role model for quite some time now. The guy is tough as they come, old school black belt from Liborio and... Um, just one of the guys I look up to in jiu-jitsu. Also, my uh, my everyday coach uh, and trainer, uh, Fivo, and business partner, friend, uh, André de Carvalho. He, he's also been a big role model. Um, it's been a real pleasure. I've known him for quite some time now. And uh, together with Teta, you know, I got every single one of my belts from Teta in jiu-jitsu. 
uh, FIVO has also been present for such a long time in my career and really changed a lot of things um, in my jiu-jitsu and my athletic career. Today we, uh, um, we're business partners and we, we're together to make the gym grow. So um, again, I want to thank him. Third one here is uh, Coach uh, Charles Poliquin. I never personally met him, but I've been reading um, and I've been listening to what he has to say for quite a long time now. And um, he he's just he's probably my favorite uh, strength coach. He's a little bit controversial at times. Has like a really dry sense of humor, and he's not politically correct. So he 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 catches some uh, he ruffles some feathers. Let's put it that way. But um, his record is just outstanding. He's been training uh, people for forty years, and he uh, he has trained something like eight hundred Olympic athletes has medals in something like 20 different sports. So you cannot argue with, uh, with these results. He's also, uh, he, he's got some, he's got criticized for not using peer reviewed scientific methods and all that. And sometimes the science takes a long time to catch up. So he's been, I mean, his methods, you know, he advocates for methods that he's, they are tried and tested. And then sometimes the, the science catches up 20 years later. He passed away a few months back, so um, it's too bad. Big loss for the the, the athletic community there. Uh, so uh, rest in peace, uh, Coach uh, Poliquin, and uh, I hope that people are going to check him out. He, he goes under the, the handle Strength Sensei, so on his website and everywhere there, you can find what he, what he has to say. Really worth to take a listen. The guy is uh, very knowledgeable and real-life knowledge, not just... Uh, not just theory. And the last one here is Tim Ferriss. So I, I read his first book a long time ago, changed, changed my life a lot. He talks a lot about productivity and optimization and things like that. Um, he has a very, very uh, popular podcast, very successful business. And um, it's just a great source of inspiration, the lifestyle that he lives as well. I mean, if I can be 5% as successful as this guy, uh, I guess I can die happy. So, uh, shout out to uh, Tim Ferriss, and um, you know, um, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Uh, but again, if you're listening to this, I think that you should shut it off. You probably have a business meeting or something to attend. Uh, the guy's worth like a billion dollars. So, um, go go look him up, Tim Ferriss, and everything his podcast, books, and everything else. All right, so a little recap from the last episode. Uh, that was my first, the pilot episode for strength strength training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or weight training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, the first thing is that when you're going to incorporate a weight training regimen together with your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training, you have to train for sport. And this is different than just bodybuilding, meathead, weightlifting. Um there are certain things to take into account. If you want more information about that, everything I'm going to say there, uh, here coming up, you go back to the first podcast, I expand a little bit more. Second, um, second little point here on the recap from the last episode. You have to understand the concepts and the parameters of strength training or weight training. And uh, that's going to that's gonna nudge you in the right direction. So understand the basics. Third thing. Take the whole training load into account. So if you're training strength once a week and you're training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu five times a week, then the load is six times a week 
don't think that just because you're adding only one uh, string session, you're not going to get any effects from it. It's a waste of time. It isn't. It's not optimal. It's better than nothing. But the total load it has to be taken into account, especially when it comes to uh, rest and uh, that sort of thing. Fourth one, do everything with intent. Train with intent, rest with intent, hip escape with intent, breathe with intent. Try to control as much as you can. Learn a lot about a, a lot about all of these things and um, be mindful. Do things with intent and give 100%, okay? Um, next one, train as hard as possible as long as it doesn't interfere with how much work you still have to do. That goes without saying, I think, uh, if you're going to train really, really, really hard, uh, on Monday and then you have to take two weeks off because you're all sore and you know you all hurt that's missing the point you have to train hard you have to train optimal but it shouldn't interfere with how much work you still have to do and we all have a lot of work to do white or black belt we all have a lot to learn next one re relative strength this is a weight class sport so you want to be as strong as possible for your weight class Unless you're planning on moving up weight classes, then you should be as strong as possible for that weight class. Strength is one factor. BGJ is technique-based most of all, but strength plays a big part. Um, it's behind every technique. So if you don't think that makes any, if strength, if you don't think strength makes any difference, then you get a really technical black belt. Black, a really technical black belt. You put him through chemotherapy for about three weeks, and you see how well he's gonna do. The, the technique will be there, but he's just not going to have anything behind it. That being said, you know, uh, technique in sport is number one. Next one, go. Be specific, be realistic. Uh, that being said, dream big. As long as it keeps you motivated, um, you know, have hopes and dreams. And the last one, hire a knowledgeable trainer. It's going to save you money. It's going to save you time. It's going to give you better results. Uh, whenever you have something wrong with your teeth, you don't go on YouTube trying to figure out how to fix yourself. You just go to the dentist. So, you know, even people that uh, are experts on this and that have degrees and things like that, uh, the smart ones at least, they're always looking for uh, for new knowledge and trying to talk shop with people that know more than them or they know different things. So constantly improving, that's one of the keys. Uh, I'd like to finish this introduction with two notes about the last podcast. First is that I talked about static contraction and the correct term is isometric. So I think that those two can be used interchangeably. Some people make the discussion that um, in one of them, it's basically it's holding a weight in place, right? And some people discuss that in one of them, you're just going to be holding a load that doesn't change while on the other one, you're going to be holding a load that changes. So inside control, for example, when you're trying to hold somebody down inside control, they're changing the load, right? They're pushing, they're pulling, they're changing direction. So, but you have to constantly be holding them in place. I just, to me, everything is the same thing, to be honest. I don't think that there's a lot of people don't make the distinction. Basically, what I mean is uh, you're going to hold something in place. You're not going to be elongated or contracting, uh, shortening the muscle while you exert in force. Second thing is that I talk about uh, the difference between... Uh, you know, technique and strength. And I correlated that with like leverage and the formula for lever. And in my opinion, uh, technique is going to multiply the result and strength is going to, is going to add to it. Uh, if you look at the formula, like I, I misspoke a little bit, 
if you increase the strength because it's 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 strength times the length of the lever right if you think of uh, strength if you if you increase the strength you also it's also going to have a multiplying effect the problem is that in practice technique is uh, there's a huge huge room for improvement there um, also in strength but it's going to be hard to like triple or quadruple your strength when in technique one can make the case that you technique can get a lot better uh if you work on it you know you can have you can multiply it um much more than your strength and there's other aspects such as timing and pace and um positioning and all that and that's that has to do with technique so uh, strength is good. You have to have it. I, in my opinion, technique is king. So, and also you don't have to pick one. You don't have to only improve in your strength or only improve your technique. Do both. Train smart. One doesn't have to take away from the other. All right. So, and off for an introduction. Uh, podcast number two is starting now. Weight training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu part two. When people ask me how they tra- they should train weights together with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they assume that there's one best way or a secret routine they can do for the rest of their life, just increase the weights gradually, and then they're going to have everything uh, covered. That logic is flaw in practice, because uh, variation is key, and it's hard to train for everything at the same time. Systematic progression is the name of the game here. Optimal and methodic. Variation plays a big part as well. Um... Strength training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu can be as complicated and as simple as you make it, really, like with everything. You can use all kinds of exercise variation. You can use different equipment. You can use chains on the bar, rubber bands, uh, the fat grips on the bar, Swiss ball, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, ropes, you name it. You can vary on on the repetition scheme, on the pause between sets, pause between, um, between uh, repetitions like in cluster training etc etc you can you can endlessly vary there are many tricks a lot of valuable things there but if you're gonna think about everything and try to do everything at the same time you're gonna be running around like a chicken with its head cut off you're not gonna accomplish anything that's missing the point so the goal here is to explain the concepts the goal of this podcast explain the concepts show you some effective and efficient training methods uh, and teach you a little bit about how to vary them and um, talk about the basics and, and keep people motivated and um, strive towards results. You can you can have a very simple um, training program that will be very effective. It doesn't you don't have to be balance, balancing upside down on a Swiss ball uh, do this cra- these crazy Instagram, you know, balance one one legged squat, balancing on a kettlebell while juggling chainsaws. Simple stuff usually works the best. Um, I'm gonna be using the most bang for your buck exercises here. Teach you how to vary. Teach you how to progress. Uh, the end goal always gonna determine how you're gonna train. So if you're trying to accomplish a 200 kilo bench press, you're gonna be training different than if you're trying to uh, be better at running a marathon. So our goal here is to be better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This is what I'm going to be focusing on. If I omit things, it's going to be mostly because of that, trying to keep the focus and trying to uh, keep it simple. It helps to know 
also how not to train. So you must know how to train and also helps to know what not to do, how not to train, just to keep you uh, in the right path. The workouts that I'm going to give are going to be, um, there's a periodization. So I'm going to split into three different workouts and you're going to do them. Uh, you're going to perform it in three in blocks of three to four weeks at a time. So we start with um, a bodybuilding phase. So you're basically going to try to pack some muscle. And then you're going to go forward to uh, pure strength for another three to four weeks. And then explosion training. So periodization is key. This whole this whole thing that you're going to be training always the same way. Um, it's just not optimal. It's better than nothing, but uh, it's not optimal. So here we go. To the meat and bones. Later on, I'm gonna be talking about also the exercises that we're gonna be doing, and I'm gonna explain each one, give some variations. This is gonna be a very um, information dense podcast, like the last one. Number one, very important here: master the basic lifts, learn proper form, and I'm also gonna be adding one Olympic lift, which is a little bit more complicated lift uh, type of lift. Uh, we're going to be doing cleans or power cleans. Great carryover for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, and the, the basic lifts, other than the Olympic lifts, will be the squat, deadlift, bench press, dips, and pull-ups. Okay, Those five are the core um, of everything. There's also other ones that we're going to be incorporating, like military pl- press, one-arm dumbbell rowing, face pull pullovers and push-ups they, they're great as well we're going to be adding them they are a little bit sl- um, a little bit easier to learn a little bit less risk on these so i'm gonna put some emphasis on uh, the first five olympic lifts are great for explosion cleans they're nice and safe as opposed to um uh, a snatch for example they're going to be bringing the weight all the way up to your head so uh but this this is a good idea to get a trainer for uh, and, and learn this thing properly. Find a specialist. Find find somebody that does a lot of Olympic weightlifting and spend some time with them. Um, I'm trying always to minimize risk. There's enough risk with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and the opposite of, of training, the opposite of the goal of training weights uh, is to get hurt. So we're trying to make everything safe while still getting uh, good results. Um, talk to a doctor. Okay, I am not a doctor. I'm not a physiotherapist, so have, find a good sports doctor, not just any doctor, because regular doctors, your your uh, your regular practitioner, he's gonna have a, a very little limited amount of information or study on training. So find a special a specialist, find a sports doctor, talk to them, build a relationship, and. Um, and, and work from there before you start uh, doing any extreme uh, weightlifting here. So talk to a doctor. I'm not giving you any medical information here. Um, you're responsible for it. Proper form and proper technique is the most important. You can often lift a lot heavier using bad form. Doing half reps, not paying attention to the proper tempo, etc. That's missing the point and it can hurt you. At the very least, stunt your progress. Full range of motion on these lifts to work the whole muscle. Proper form, not to overload the joints. And 
proper tempo to get the most out of the workout right time under tension and right fiber activation we're gonna talk a little bit more about that later uh, I'm gonna talk about uh, each lift individually later on like I said and give you some good information about them to answer the question how can lifting weights benefit uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu I wrote something down so I'm gonna read it for you here uh, I hope it's not too clunky I'm trying to read as little as possible so this podcast will flow uh, really nice, but I, I, you know, I write things down to be able to uh, keep it on the right frame, not deviate too much, and give you the right information. I have uh, I have about 17 pages right in front of me, so I'm just going with key points and expanding from them. So here's what I wrote about uh, weight training for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Training with weights makes it easier to manipulate the parameters and custom build the proper training regimen. The intensity, which is the amount of weight that's in the bar, the number of repetitions, the number of sets, rest periods, the type of exercises, the tempo, um, they all can be easily adjusted when you train uh, methodically in weight training. They can easily be planned and analyzed and all of that is going to come together to ensure optimal dosage and progress towards a goal. A few points. First, the faster you try to lift, the less weight you can actually lift. So maximal strength is going to be the maximum amount of weight you can lift, period, and once, independent of speed. Explosive lifting has to do with lifting very fast. So that goes without saying, right? If you're trying to lift something super heavy, uh, you have a higher chance of lifting that really slow than you have uh, really fast. Okay, there are a lot of goals to accomplish when setting up a weight training program for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It is the optimal idea to break the goals down and address them one at a time in blocks of periods, three to four weeks in this case. Here's a question. How do you get fast, strong, more enduring for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? And here's the answer. You train for strength, speed and endurance. By using relevant lifts and working relevant group muscles, you can uh, or relevant muscle groups, your strength, speed, endurance in the gym will carry over to the mats, right? So if you're focusing on lifts that are relevant and you're doing the things uh, properly, it will carry over to the mat. It's not just uh, it's not just gonna be gym uh, gym uh, performance. Speed and strength and endurance. They're not only dependent on muscle size, but it can be an indication. There is such thing as neurological efficiency, which is trainable, uh, and muscle attachment placement, which is not trainable. So where your muscles attach to your bone has something to say, and this is genetic. You cannot, you cannot get bad at it. But here's an approach. Be a stoic. Work to change what you can and disregard what you cannot change. Measure the starting point and compare it to uh, to your to your after training results to ensure you're moving in the right directions. So look look up stoicism. I'm a big fan. It's a philosophy, uh, a type of philosophy, and they basically that's 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 the core message there. Whatever you can change, you should work hard to change to uh, to get better. Whatever you can change, don't stress about it. Um, BJJ is anaerobic and aerobic. It's static and dynamic. It's mind and body, mental and physical. 
push and pull, hold and release, accelerate and decelerate. Sometimes you got to be patient. Sometimes you have to be impulsive. You have to know when to act, when to react. It is a lot to accomplish. So you have to approach it in a smart way. How do you build a house? One brick at a time. So patience is key here, uh, but you have to have that fire as well. And this, this write-up sums it up for me uh, over there. Here's an analogy to describe, in my opinion, the dynamic between strength and technique, especially when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Think of chopping down a tree with an axe. The tree, in this case, is going to be your opponent. A weak, thin tree does not require a big, sharp axe swung hard to chop down. Right, A little seedling, you can just cut that thing off with a butter knife, rip it out with your hand. You don't need an axe at all. Now let's think about a worthy opponent, a black belt, a good, strong, technical black belt. In this case, it's going to be a wide, strong tree, right? A hardwood, an oak, uh, really hard to chop down. That's a tree worth chopping down, okay? So the way to do it is you have to swing the axe hard. The axe has to be sharp and you have to swing the axe properly. So the way you swing the axe, how sharp the axe is, uh, that's the technique. You can change that. You can train to be better. How hard you swing the axe, your strength, also plays a part and it can be changed. But it's useless if you're not aiming correctly. If you're not aiming at the tree, you can swing as hard as you want and it doesn't, doesn't make any difference. Also, strength plays less of a part if the axe is not sharp. So sharpen that axe technique. A sharp axe swung hard will work better than a dull axe swung hard you want everything to be in place okay a sharp axe swung properly and with a lot of force then we're going to talk efficiency here and if you go a step further a really really sharp axe swung perfectly and with maximal force swung repeatedly repeatedly and over time you're going to be able to chop any tree down with that here's a point when you try to chop a big tree down, it can fall on your head, right? Things can backfire. So you have to do it carefully, methodically. There's always a risk and uh, minimize the risk when that thing starts falling. Make sure that you're not under it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, this dynamic here, effectiveness against efficiency. So a while back, Hickson Gracie was in the Joe Rogan podcast and he started touching on this subject here and it got me thinking a lot about it. He didn't really formulate it. They, they asked him some questions about it and he, he couldn't really formulate it very well, in my opinion. I mean, maybe he has a different idea of what this is. Maybe it was a language issue, but though that, that thing just kept echoing in my head, you know, effective, um, effectiveness and efficiency. So Here's what it is in my opinion. Effect, being effective, just implies accomplishing a goal. And efficiency implies accomplishing that goal with the least amount of effort. And that to me is the essence of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So you can be really effective, uh, to use the analogy again, at chopping a tree down. But it might take you 30 years to do it and thousands of times swinging that axe. To chop a tree down efficiently means that you made it happen. It didn't cost you that much time or effort and you did a good job. So just effect is not enough. You're trying to be efficient as well. 
and efficient has effect in it you know you want to do things properly you want to do them fast effortlessly and you want to accomplish the goal all right let's talk about the practical aspects of weight training for brazilian jiu-jitsu let me address a couple of factors first uh fat loss and cardio first of all so cardio when people talk about cardio they think of like running steadily same speed over a long distance of time and they think that that's what's gonna give them um that's gonna make them not breathe heavy on the mat let's put it that way you're not gonna get tired if you can run a marathon then you're not gonna get tired well guess what brazilian jiu-jitsu is not like that you're not going steady and slow uh over two hours it's explosive and it's anaerobic at times uh, you, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be going at the same pace and cardio is sport specific. So you can throw a guy that runs a marathon, throw him on the mat. Uh, he's going to get tired. I can guarantee you there that, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is interval training, bouts of anaerobic, bouts of aerobic. Sometimes you're going to be holding, sometimes you're going to be exploding. You have to react. Um, it all plays a part. A lot of people hold their breath as well. So if you're going to be holding your breath for half the time, then, I mean, you're going to tire out. You're not getting enough oxygen in. So you have to learn how to breathe as well. There's plenty of conditioning in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu if you're doing correctly. And it's specific conditioning. So that is key. You can swim. You can run. Um, sometimes it doesn't carry over to the mat, especially if you're not doing correctly. Second thing is fat loss. So the program that I'm I'm gonna be uh, giving you here doesn't really uh, you know I'm not gonna talk too much about fat loss or whatever. Uh, fat loss is better addressed through diet. Also, um, if you um, if you build muscle, it's gonna be doing something there for your uh, for your uh, for burning fat. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get a specialist, a nutrition specialist. I have a couple people in mind, and to have a podcast be more specific on it and uh so stay tuned it's gonna have the same format practical things a lot of information but easy to follow uh, the second thing is what about the isolated muscles so i'm gonna give a lot of compound exercises squats bench press deadlifts things like that and people are gonna ask me what about uh abs or what about calves what about biceps or grip work or any sort of isolated muscle so all the most important things are covered um and a lot of these compound exercises are going to be covering these these muscle groups i'm not going to be doing a lot of uh isolated work because i'm trying to get you to do the most bang for your buck exercises things that have a carryover for jiu-jitsu and this is a complementary training for brazilian jiu-jitsu here so um yeah not a lot of isolated stuff there is room for it you know i'm not gonna argue against it we're gonna talk a little bit more about it but most of the stuff is going to be compound multi-joint exercises regarding combining weight training with brazilian jiu-jitsu there are plenty of rules on podcast one so go back and listen to it when you're going to be training twice a day i would go heavy in the morning and then light at night i wouldn't do two heavy trainings in one day and i would also uh, try to take the day after off if you can um it's you know it's a special kind of human being that can train two times a day super hard every day and they're gonna burn out there's gonna be all kinds of issues with that so you have to train smart and you have to train methodical so i'll focus on really heavy work at first and more endurance type work at night so maybe you do like a heavy lifting session in the morning 
and then you dr- do a lot of drilling at night or some uh, some uh, specific sparring, a little bit more loose, uh, a little bit more technique oriented. And I would have at least five hours between training sessions just to restitute. If you can't afford, just take a nap between. But most people have jobs and things like that. They can't. They are not just jujitsu all day every day. You can also consider off-season training. So uh, go through periods where you train a little bit more strength and a little bit less jiu-jitsu. And then go through periods where you train more jiu-jitsu and less strength. Um, Coach Poliquin, he did some work with the wrestling, the American wrestling team. And he had a specific, uh, he had a gold medal in the Olympics from this girl named uh, Helen Maroulis. And he described her training as she will come to him and train just strength and conditioning for six weeks, and then he'll send her off to wrestle, and then she'll do wrestling for a few more weeks, and then she'll come back to him, six more weeks of strength and conditioning, and then back to wrestling, and he coached her to a, to a gold medal in the Olympics, she beat, uh, she beat a Japanese girl that, you know, lost once or twice in 16 or 20 years, or something ridiculous like that, so, um, you can modify that a little bit, you know, you don't have to totally stop doing jujitsu, just do strength, but, uh, you can, you can adapt, you know, train in periods, a little bit less jujitsu, a little bit more strength, and then all the periods a little bit more periodization is key. And we have to think about combining everything, the meat and bones of strength training. Let's talk about parameters, uh, rep, rep scheme, the repetitions, how many times you're going to be lifting in every set. Over five repetitions, we're talking about muscle development, okay, hypertrophy, and when you go up to 12, 15, 20, you're going to be talking a lot more about uh, about uh, endurance, with some exceptions. You can train for hypertrophy, depending on the muscle group, using higher, uh, higher number of repetitions. Classic bodybuilding is three to five sets of eight to ten repetitions, right? This is the classic uh, bodybuilding training. It's important in sport. It has its place. But this is a weight class sport. So you don't want to put a lot of uh, muscle uh, that's going to be, you know, it's going to kind of slow you down. Um, Bodybuilding muscle is a different type of fiber. So it's good to have it. You need a mix of different muscle fibers, but you also need to explode and you need to hold and things like that in jiu-jitsu and bodybuilding muscle. It has more to do with size than anything else. Um, explosive sets, they're gonna be you're gonna use lower repetitions. So we're gonna be training for explosion. You're gonna go up to five. After that, um, I don't recommend doing, especially Olympic lifts. You shouldn't do more than five repetitions. They're very there's risk there and they're very coordination based and up until five repetitions per set you're gonna be it's, it's gonna be working a lot your strength and explosion for pure strength maximal strength so sets of three to five we can also talk like uh, singles doubles and triples you know for really maximal strength especially like lifts like the deadlift for example um Lower repetitions and more sets. So that's the way that you get more work work in when you're doing lower repetition work. Um, Again, that being said, rep schemes have their place. 8 to 10 is going to build. 12 to 15, up to 20 is going to be endurance. But, you know, we're going to think about periodization and do everything uh, guided towards Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Number of sets. I'm going to be using 3 to 5, okay? 
There is variation. You can use higher amount of sets, but uh, I'm going to give you the workout later on. That's what I'm going to be focusing on three to five sets. Rest. Um, not the parameter, you know, rest. So I can divide that in rest between sets, rest between repetitions, and rest between sessions. So a set, you know, to explain again, a, a repetition is going to be lifting the weight once up and down. That's one repetition. And then you group that in sets. So you can do three sets of five repetitions or three sets of 10 repetitions. So you're going to lift the weight 10 times. You're going to do a pause and then you do another set 10 more times You do, and then pause and then another set 10 more times. So the rest between sets, it's going to depend on the rep scheme, on the repetitions, how many repetitions you're doing. Bodybuilding work is going to be a minute and a half to two minutes. Uh, and, you know, explosive work strength is going to be up to five minutes. You have to be really rested between sessions uh, or between uh, sets, excuse me. I'm going to give you a tip uh, so uh, later on or in the next podcast so you don't fall asleep between between sets. For me, it's just uh, torture to go to uh, to a gym and lift up something for 20 seconds, you know, do five repetitions, and then I have to sit out for five minutes. I'm used to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu high pace. We rest, you know, 30 to 45 seconds between, uh, between rounds when we train um, in class. So just waiting those five minutes is just a nightmare for me. So I'm going to give you some tips that uh, don't involve just mindlessly scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or uh, staring creepily at the girl in the glute machine. Okay. The, the next uh, type of uh, rest here is the rest between repetitions. So ideally, uh, you don't want to have a lot of rest between repetitions, but there is this thing called cluster training which you take like a deep breath between repetitions and you wait, you know, two or three seconds until you lift again. Uh, it's a specific training method. You can Google it. Uh, Coach Poliquin has a lot on it. He's one of the pioneers of this kind of uh, training here. Uh, it's old. It's science, science, backed by science, and it's been used for many years, but I'm going to keep it simple. We're not going to be doing some cluster training uh, for to start with. And then the rest between sessions. So you're going to have to sleep, get quality sleep between training sessions. Okay. Sleep in a dark room, a dark room. Get some dark curtains for your room. Don't use screens uh, on your phone or your computer one to two hours before bed. You know, that light is going to be, um, it's going to, it's going to make it harder for you to fall asleep. Don't be in bed with your phone looking through Instagram or Facebook. It's just, that's the recipe to, yeah, to distract you from, from sleeping and it's going to give you worse sleep after. So next time that you're scroll, scrolling mindlessly through Instagram or Facebook, try to remember um, how much your life, how, how much better your life got since that the last uh, Facebook, Instagram scrolling session you did, okay? Uh, you spend an hour looking through people's pictures. It doesn't. It doesn't add anything to your life. So you cannot even remember once you're done. It's just mindlessly, uh, mindless entertainment. So um, get get off of it. You're just trying to kill boredom. So use that time to do productive stuff. For example, sleeping, restituting, and uh, try to take a day off after you train very heavy. Listen to your body. You know when you're feeling all broken down, it's a good idea to take a take a step back. 
Um, especially if you did like a double session or a heavy training, uh, heavy weight training session followed by jujitsu. Next parameter here, variation. We're going to vary on the type of training that we're going to be doing, you know, bodybuilding, explosion, uh, pure strength. We're going to we're gonna vary on the the type of exercises. We're gonna vary on the repetition scheme. We're gonna vary on the uh, the the amount of sets, the 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 rest length, uh, the the exercise order. Variation is key here. Intensity. Next parameter. Intensity is not like how intense. When people say, "Oh, that was an intense training," or how out of breath you are between sets or after you're done. Intensity and strength uh, training terms is the percentage weight of your maximum so basically it's the amount of weight that will be in the bar and to figure out uh, what you're going to be lifting how much uh, weight you're going to put on the bar you're going to have to do do some testing i'm going to talk about testing in a second here it's an important very important aspect another parameter is progressive overload which is very important basically going to use a load a weight that will allow you to perform the exercises with proper form using full range of motion. I'm going to talk about full range of motion as well. And the proper tempo while performing the right amount of repetition and set. So if you're struggling to use proper form, do the right amount of sets and repetitions, then you have too much weight. If it's too easy, then it's time to put the weight up. It shouldn't be comfortable to lift the weights, but it doesn't have to break your back in half. Um, also, if you have to cheat on the lift, like you, sometimes you see people, uh, if they're doing biceps curls, they'll swing their hips forward to help the weight up. If you're doing that, it's just too much weight. If you're not going all the way down on the squat, too much weight, uh, so on and so forth. There's a strength coach called Pavel Tuzzolini. He advocates for never going to failure when you lift. So you should always have one or two reps left on your bank. Uh, so that, that last rep that last repetition shouldn't feel very, very hard. There is some debate whether or not that is uh, the way to go, the optimal way to go. I think it's a good idea when combining with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that you're not going to go just 100% every single workout because you still have some work to do. But I'm not sure this is the optimal way to lift. I think that going to failure... Uh, or very close to it is a good good uh, thing to to do. Uh, that being said, you can you can increase the weights progressively, like when the next workout, without um, without going to failure every time. So as long as you progressively uh, overloading, then you should see uh, results. You have to stress the body though, and you have to send send signals to it that it needs to adapt, or there's gonna be trouble, right? Um, Let's talk about full range of motion. Okay, so every joint is going to have a range of motion. So think about your elbow. You can stretch it all the way and then it stops at a point, right? And then you can flex it all the way and then it's going to stop at a point. What, um, or the elbow can also rotate, right? If you think rotating your wrist, uh, it's going to stop at a certain point. That range, that's the range of motion for the elbow. Uh, it's dictated by how long the muscles that move the elbow can extend or contract or every joint, right? Uh, and it's also by the anatomy of the joint. So when the, the, the elbow is fully extended, there's a little bit of bone to bone limitation there. You cannot extend further than that because of bone. And when you bend, there's also like the forearm is touching the biceps 
and the tricep is really stretched there. So this is an isolated movement, like the bicep curl, the triceps extension, you're going to be moving only one joint. On the squat, which is, uh, or on the bench press, for example, on the pull-up, which are compound exercises, there, there are a lot of uh, joints that are being bent there. Things are a little bit different, okay? Uh, but, but it's the same concept. The squat, for example, it's a triple extension compound exercise. You're going to be bending or moving your ankles, your knees, and your hips. When you're all the way down on the squat, your ankles uh, should be doing what is called dorsiflexion. So you're bringing the top of your foot towards your shin, like your toes are going up. Well, the toes are staying down, but you get the point, the, 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 top, of, the top part of the foot. Um, the angle of the shin compared to the floor when you're all the way down on the squat is going to decrease. So if you're standing upright, the angle to your shin compared to the floor is 90 degrees, right? When you go down, it should be about 45 degrees. So your knees are going to go over your toes the the shin is gonna get a, a sharper angle compared to the floor the knees flex as well right when you're all the way down you're bringing the the calves towards the hamstring um, the the hips uh, also gonna gonna bend on the squat so it's bringing the quads the the front part of your thigh towards your torso so the main mistake I see people doing is that they don't do the dorsiflexion. They do not bring the shins close to the toes or the, you know, the foot close to the, actually when you're doing the squat is actually the shin that is going towards the top of the foot. So they don't do that. So they don't get full range of motion on the squat. They can go all the way down. They start feeling that they're going to fall back because that is correct. You know, you center a mass is, is farther back and they, they just stop there and then they go up. So it's a chain reaction where the body just doesn't go low enough. So going with your knee over your toes, uh, heels to the ground though. You have to keep the heels to the ground. And don't collapse the back. Don't hunch over. That's going to put a lot of pressure on your spine. You're trying to keep the spine neutral. So the, the three joints that are going to be working on the squat are uh, the ankle, the knee, and the hips. Full range of motion. Same thing for all the other exercises. Um you can use, um, so it's going to be hard to squat all the way low, right? That's going to be the weakest part of the squat, hard to come off of the, of the, of the full squat. And that's why people do half reps, right? It's much easier to do a lot of weights. After you master and after you lift it uh, with really proper form for a long time, you can start using certain things like chains and rubber bands and other methods that's going to play with that uh, strength curve. So it's going to put more load in the positions where you actually can lift more and a little bit less load in, for example, the bottom of the squat. This is this is a topic for, for a whole, whole podcast maybe. So I'm not going to talk too much about that. Don't think about rubber bands and chains and things like that right now. All right. The, the biceps curl dilemma. So... The bicep curl is one of those exercises that's really cool to shit on, right? It's not functional. It's not primal. It's a meathead exercise. But uh, it's an isolated exercise. And it's relevant for certain sports. You bend in the elbow. You flex in the, the biceps and bring in your hand towards your, uh, towards your face, basically. We do that in jiu-jitsu all the time. Uh, also like rugby or American football that they're holding the ball close to their face wrestling 
or a boxing that they're you know they're not stretching the arms so much the punches are uh, punches on the inside are short so in wrestling and jiu-jitsu it's it's huge i'm not gonna say you're gonna be doing biceps curls for days but uh, uh, it is it is a good idea to think a little bit about muscles in that way you know uh, it's the same thing about the about the hamstring you know um, isolating the hamstring well why would you do that if you can do uh, you know, Romanian deadlifts or regular deadlifts that address the, the, the hamstrings. Well, there's time to do that and there's reasons to do it. Um, pull-ups and rowing is going to get a lot of work on your biceps already. And I like to do, uh, I like to do compound exercises, but you get the picture. There's time and place to do isolated exercises. Most of it is going to be compound work though, because it's not very often that you just flex in your biceps and jujitsu. Anyway, um, people are going to ask me about abs as well, right? You're not doing any crunches, then you're not working your abs. Well, there's a lot of ab work in jiu-jitsu. It's not, uh, it's not as specific and you cannot work as systematically as with weight training, but, um, squats and deadlifts as well. They work your abs like hell. I mean, um, I like doing pull-ups like in an L sit, like I'll extend my legs I'll bend my hips 90 degrees and I'll extend my legs in front of me, not bending the knees. And man, that's a hell of a workout for your abs. Um, if you're going to be doing ab work, do not do them first thing in the workout. Do not do them like before squatting or before deadlifting because you're going to fatigue your abs and it's going to take away from the stabilization that you need to do squats and you need to do uh, to, to do um, certain lifts like the deadlift or, uh, you know, uh, deadlift and squat are the main ones in my opinion especially like uh, olympic lifts you want to be fresh to do those you know you can get hurt and there's there's certain things that um so don't abs are finisher ab exercise to finish if you want to do some crunches um do 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 in the end of the the workout and if you're trying to get a six pack just know uh, for aesthetic reasons just know that uh that is all most of it is uh having low body fat Okay, so if you want to look good on the beach, then address that through um, through diet and training as well. But it, you lower f you your body fat goes down, you're gonna start seeing your abs. Um, let's talk about testing. This is really important. So I'll take the first week of uh, of training to just test yourself, and this is a really good idea, a good time to use a trainer. Um, you have to warm up good first, okay? And then you're going to figure out the rep range that you're going to be testing. One repetition max, so lifting something as heavy as you can once is a good, uh, is the best measure, right? That's your absolute maximal. But it's very tricky for inexperienced lifters, out of shape people, and it taxes the body a lot. It increases the risk for... Um, for um, getting hurt and things like that so if you can figure out your five repetition max or your three repetition max that's a good uh good starting point learn the perfect form this is very important if you're gonna be doing max lifts with bad form that's a recipe for disaster and you're not gonna be able to get a good parameter to measure okay you want to be able to um to get a really good repetition so you have something to compare to at the end of the training period to see if your lift went up okay uh, which you should if you're training properly. T 
take a good break between sets, warm up properly before you start and start with light and then go up. So if you think that you can do a hundred on the squat, let's say, first of all, ask yourself, why do you think that? Have you squatted a hundred kilos before? Okay, good. Uh, how long ago was that? What kind of form were you using? So especially with squats and bench press, it can be really dangerous to lift max uh, to, to max out because you know the, the, the weights can fall on top of you. Bench press, you're gonna have some bar across your throat. Uh, and the squats, you know, you might be able to not, not be able to get up from going all the way down. So use proper care, you know, do it do it with the spot that knows what they're doing or do it in the in the squat rack um, and do it with proper form. Start slow build it up, take good uh, breaks between uh, attempts. Um, again, for the 50th time here, get a trainer to help you. This is a good time to spend some money and get somebody qualified. Not just any trainer, you know, a lot of personal trainers, all they have is like a, a weekend course or something like that. Get somebody that knows what they're doing, okay? Uh, perfect form, be honest with yourself, don't do half wraps, and use video for best analysis. So if you can video yourself, everybody has a phone, you don't have to post this on Instagram. It's a good time to uh, to use video to analyze your form as well. Another parameter here, periodization. Uh, so I'm going to be working with three periods. Uh, the first one is going to be hypertrophy, which is growing muscle, then strength, then explosion. And then in the end of this three period, uh, you know, this, 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 three, this period here of three different workouts, you're going to be theoretically going for a competition if you're not going to compete then you can just take a couple weeks off and then start again with the same same uh, periodization if you never lifted before if it's been a while i would include one to two weeks of an adaptation or learning the lifts phase so you can do high repetitions um, with low weight just to get your body used to and do these uh, compound exercises bench press squats, the same ones that we've been talking about, deadlifts, rowing, and pull-ups. We're going to work out two times a week with weights. Okay, that's how I'm going to divide it, a two-split. BJJ is a whole body endeavor. Probably not the best idea to train the whole body again two more times a week or train the whole body in the morning and then again at night. So, and you don't get as good as results training you know you see the guys they're doing competing at the highest level they they're gonna be they're gonna be dividing the load you know uh, so uh two two split we're gonna divide the trainings um in a good way these type of routines are used more often for a reason i you know th th there's a discussion there but but a two split it's a good way to start um Equipment, the equipment you're going to be using. So, you know, join a good gym, not just some, um, yeah, join a good gym with some good equipment. Uh, that being said, I'm going to be pretty minimalist uh, with with the, uh, the the equipment we're going to be using. Mostly free weights, some body weight, uh, machines and stuff like that. They have their place, but free weights are going to recruit more motor units. They're most bang for the buck. They carry over very much to... A sport like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu with machines I like to use cable machines it's basically not a machine it's just redirecting the weight so if you think like a, a, a bar a barbell it can only it's gonna be pulling 
with gravity, right? So you're going to be lifting against gravity. Uh, a cable machine is going to give you a chance to uh, redirect that uh, that resistance. So there's there's time and place to use them. I'm going to be talking a little bit about more about that. Uh, I like dumbbells the best, uh, especially for bench press or rowing. Because you have to, uh, it carries over more for jiu-jitsu in my opinion. You know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is weird. Sometimes you have to push. Sometimes you have to pull. You're like balancing two things at the same time. The, the weights are independent. You need to stabilize. So dumbbells are great. There's also things like the tsunami bar. Or like uh, dumbbells with rubber bands attached to the barbells. So that you, uh, you know, you have to stabilize more. That's a good thing. We're going to keep it simple again, you know. For deadlifts and squats, I like to use a bar. Um, for deadlifts, because, you know, it, it, that's what's going to keep the bar in front of you or the weight in front of you. For squats, you know, you're going to be lifting heavy. So, um, yeah, squats and deadlifts, I'll do uh, I'll do a bar. Another parameter here, the tempo. So this is a very under underutilized and overlooked uh, parameter. Um, people think that basically all you have to do is lift the weight up and then put it down, lift it up, put it down. And it doesn't matter how fast or, you know, anything like that. So I'm going to break it down here. So tempo is basically the way tempo is explained or the way tempo is written down is by four numbers. They use four numbers. So you're going to see like, um, three, zero, two, zero to explain the tempo. So I'm going to break this down. The first number is the eccentric part of the lift. So if you think on the bench press, is going to be the part where you are lowering the bar towards your chest. So it's the negative part of the lift. The second number is going to be the first pause. So when you have the bar on your chest, how long are you going to pause there? The third number is going to be the concentric phase, which is when you on the bench press, to use the same example, you're going to be pushing the bar up away from your chest. And then the fourth number uh, is going to be the second pause. So the pause that you're going to have before you start lowering the weights again. So when you have your arms all the way stretched, the weights all the way up, how long are you going to be there? So explain it on the bench press because the pull-up is going to be sort of the opposite. The eccentric phase of the pull-up is when you're lowering yourself down. So you have to think like the positive, the positive and the negative part of the, the exercise and you always start with the negative, the eccentric. The first number is always the eccentric uh, phase. So in a lift, 3020. So if you see the number 3020, then it's three seconds eccentric, three seconds to lower the weight down. Second number is zero, the first pause. No pause touching your chest. Okay. Second number is, or the third number is going to be the number two, which is the concentric phase. And that's how long it's going to take you to push the bar up two seconds. And then the third one, the fourth number is zero. So the, the, the second pause, you're not going to pause on the way up. So three seconds down, zero seconds when you uh, have the pause, two seconds on the way up and zero seconds. So you, you go and you lower the weight right away. When they use the letter X, it means explosive. So as fast as possible. So uh, a bench press that is three zero x zero. You're gonna lower the weight in three seconds. No pause at the bottom. Explode as fast as you can on the way up. No pause on the top. Okay. Slower eccentric. So the negative part, the lowering on the bench press, it increases uh, strength and hypertrophy. So if you want to get more of your training, lower the weight slowly, three to four seconds, uh, up to five seconds. I would recommend. 
and then that increases time under tension. Explosive concentric, so pushing the weight on the bench press, for example, it will work a different type of muscle fiber, the explosive fast twitch uh, type 2x fibers. They contract fast, but they tire out quickly. So you see like Usain Bolt is a uh, uh, fast twitch machine, right? But uh, if you put him in a marathon, he's going to get tired with that type of training. So um, it's very good for exploding. He's all fast twitch, basically, you know. Uh, and in jiu-jitsu, you want to have a good mix. You have to have type 2x, like the explosive fibers, the, the, the fast twitch. But you have to have a good mix of everything. And most muscles are a good mix. This is somewhat genetic, but you can also uh, you can also train up to it. And usually the explosive types are underdeveloped because people don't do things fast and they don't, you know, basically like that. You see a bodybuilder, he is very little fast switch. He's a lot of the type 2A, what it's called, um, which is which are they're actually thicker. They're physically thicker fibers. And so it gives you a lot of volume. Uh, so the type of fiber that you have, it's somewhat genetic, but it's trainable. So I'm not going to go into extreme detail here, but if you get a top 10, a guy that's a top 10 marathon runner and you you tell him, hey, I'm going to train you to be a sprinter now, uh, it's going to be really hard to, to make him, to make him, even with the proper training and everything is going to be hard to train him into a top sprinter. Those guys are genetically made. That's why you see a lot of them from, uh, from Kenya and from these countries, like it's genetic. And then you see a lot of sprinters um, you know, that, that they're basically like, like Jamaica or whatever, you know, um, to be a little politically incorrect here. And I'm not trying to say, um, you know, I'm not trying to be a racist here, but there is a, if you, if you look at science, there is, there's like one or two guys in history that had ran the, the, the hundred meters in under, under 10 seconds. It's just a ridiculous. So you got to think people that have, uh, um, the background from certain parts in in Africa, uh, they have that genetic background. They have they're a lot more fast twitch, right? Um, so there you go. Uh, Usain Bolt, he's the he's a fast twitch machine. It's gonna be really hard to train him for a marathon, even if you uh, even if you do a really really good job at it. He's just never gonna be top ten in the world. Another parameter here, frequency. This this podcast is uh, getting pretty long, so um, maybe I'll stop pretty soon. Uh, but here, to give another parameter, um, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, frequency. In Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, top world level guys, they're training 10 to 12 sessions a week. So they train weights two or three times a week. The training is not always the same. They're not doing warm-up, drilling, learning the technique, and sparring. That class mat, that, uh, that class... Uh, class uh class type of trainer right the the, the actual brazilian jiu-jitsu regular class uh, it's really good for having classes and teaching people but it's not the best for uh for competition there's a very good video of john danaher and ben Askren um talking about that i'm gonna expand a little bit later uh periodization is huge so i talked a little bit about that already this whole uh training two three times a day as hard as possible sparring 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 it's not ideal and it has its drawbacks, trust me. Um, all right, I'm going to stop right here. This is getting too long. I'm going to go back with uh, with the part three later on, talking uh, more specifically about uh, the order of exercises and, and what kind of exercise we're going to be doing. 
explain them a little bit better. So, um, again, very dense, very, very uh, information-based podcast. So go back, listen to it a couple of times. Please subscribe on iTunes, Personal Jiu-Jitsu on iTunes, um, at Personal BJJ on Facebook, at Personal underscore BJJ on Instagram. And um, I'm going to keep making these. And um, thank you very much, everybody that's listened so far. Uh, share with your friends and uh, I'll see you next time. Keep training. All right. See you later.